What is up, NC Raw allies? This episode of NC Raw coming to you from the Comfort Inn in Silver, North Carolina. Leaf season is upon us. We live in one of the most beautiful areas of the entire country. If you or a loved one is interested in visiting, I would highly suggest hitting up the Comfort Inn. They can, their telephone number is 828-477-4950. Book a room, stay. They're a recovery ally. They support recovery. Come visit with us. Connect with Caleb, Caitlin, and myself. We'll take you out on some recovery-related adventures and take, it, take a peek outside at these beautiful mountains and observe the leaves changing. In this episode... Our team, the three of us, sit down and talk about recovery. We talk to Caleb and Caitlin about their travels to Kentucky over the weekend and their outreach that they did and all kinds of other things that are going on. So thank you guys for tuning in. Give some love to the NC Raw crew, Caleb McCoy II and Caitlin Ledford. Individual, living a miracle, standing divisible, connected to God and my physical essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life is going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why I stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptable? I am the rival expected to be exceptional And I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional I am incredible, Leo conventional And you stopping me from chasing my dreams is unprofessional The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. Caleb McCoy. What's up, man? NC Raw, episode 24. We just trucking along, man. It's like, you know... My running, just keep on pushing forward, one that's, foot in front of the other. That's exactly what it's like, dude. It's a metaphor for life. Hard to believe that eight months ago, we were sitting in Subway talking about doing a podcast. Here we are, 24 episodes deep, getting after it. It's growing, man. It's growing. We just got to keep keep evolving with it, keep bringing new ideas to the table. I mean, I think that, you know, we... The past few weeks, we've switched it up a little bit. We've added kind of some new content yeah. instead of just the testimony stuff and you know, and seeing what's going out there in current issues and how we can apply that to our own recovery and communities. And I think a lot of people's, you know, received that really well. 
Just keep growing, man. Just keep growing and, and changing. You getting some good feedback from that? I have been. I have been. I've had a few people tell me that they like it, you know, just because it's uh, – you can only share so many testimonies, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. so many people out there doing it. So, And that's why, you know, what I asked you the other day, like, is this what's going to take us to the top? Is this what's going to help us grow and get out there, you know, not only locally, uh, which I think that we're getting a local following, but is this going to get us regionally and national, you know, attention? And I know that, you know, sitting at 24 episodes in – like a lot of people would say, well, you know, we're just 24. I mean, I think big. You know what I mean? If you're going to yeah. get big, you got to think big. And you got to have that vision. And so that's, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're teachable. And Hell yeah. Go big or go home. That's bro. right, man. Just sit at the house and we're going to do it big. Yeah. That was the first thing that you said when we uh, started the conversation about doing this podcast was how far do you want to take it? Where do you want it to go? Right. So. The amazing lioness, Caitlin Ledford, is feeling a little <laughs> sick, huh? Yes, I am a little sick. Um, felt a little under the weather yesterday coming back from uh, from the amazing weekend Kentucky. we had. But we're going to rebuke that. The enemy can't hold me down. <laughs> Here I am. Showing Let's up. do this. Showing That's up. That's right, man. Showing up. Before we get into the conversation... We would like to recognize some of our audience members who are celebrating recovery anniversaries. Mm -hmm. We want to recognize you guys for doing the hard work, right? And um, doing whatever it takes to maintain your, your recovery. And also for like supporting us. We want to give you guys a shout out. So there's a post that's running on our Facebook page. You can drop your dates. Every Monday before the podcast, I go through and I look and see who's posted what, and I come up with a list of people. And what I got today is we have one, and y'all might have some more, but I got one anniversary. And if y'all got some, go ahead and drop them in the comments on the Facebook Live, and we'll give you some love right now. Yes. But I got one, and I think that this is the longest tenured recovery that we've announced so far. Um, come on. Barbara Clonch of Whitewater, Missouri. Oh, yeah. The pastor's wife, Barbara. Oh. Was it yeah. Mark? It was Mark, her husband, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think well, so. He's running, yeah, he's running through Arkansas. Man, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, now, her story is amazing. She commented on the post. Y'all ready for the date? September 13th, 1986. Wow. Do the 30-something. 30 yeah. 30 Two years. Woo. That's awesome. Right? You're amazing. September, September 13th. 32 years. Shout out, Barbara. I hope y'all, uh, you know, y'all are doing good out there. I, I want to hear that your church is growing. If not, y'all just keep plugging away and doing God's work, and he's going to bless it. That was so awesome. I being know. Being out there with them, too. Um, yeah, they got amazing, amazing testimonies. So she was actually. She was actually on all kinds of. I, like this huge bag of antidepressants, anxiety medicine, I mean, just all these different things. And, uh, you know, the Lord, she got Delivered. a touch from the Lord. I mean, yeah. touched her, and, and she just one day, man, like, she had got saved, right? She yeah. went to church, got saved, and she had no desire after that. She'd been on this medic yeah. medication her whole life. Yeah. And she got a touch, you know, spiritual healing, man, and it, it changed her life, and she's never had to take anything again, she said. Wow. 
for that's years awesome. and years, man, on all that medication. 32 it's, years, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's awesome. So awesome job. Love you guys. Barbara. Love y'all. Um, go ahead. What you got? You got something? Yes. I know that the amazing Greg Smith, uh, he is celebrating, what was it? Three months? Yep. Three months. Three months. Days. This past Wednesday. Greg Smith. Yes. He's, uh, he's from here, um, but he doesn't live in Turkey anymore. He's out so. in um, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. The hood. Your spot. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows that. Oh, oh I didn't know yeah. if knew that or not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's doing really well. Uh, you acting like he's looking for him for murder. That's what I so. thought, too, when I saw that face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg, about what I was supposed to say anything. Anyways, and uh, so congratulations, Greg. You're amazing. We're proud of you. Um, and then uh, I know Jolena Hill. She just celebrated nine months. So What's up, Jolena? She's doing really good. Yep. She's part of the Mothertown uh, project. She's got her. She just had a. Uh, she's got her little boy. So she's she's a good mama and she's she's doing really good. I'm proud of her. I love you, girl. Beautiful, beautiful. We also have a couple of uh, community events that we want to invite the audience out to. Right. We always talk about how you can get involved and the things that you can do. And so we try to share those events with you guys in hopes of you guys coming out and. Um, Connecting with the community, connecting with us, and just kind of like getting involved. So Wednesday, two days from now, September 19th at 12 p.m., we're hosting a recovery roundtable discussion at Southwestern Community College. It is uh, hosted by the Collegiate Recovery Program over there. And essentially what it is, it's not just like a your typical panel discussion where you got a group of people up there and it's real somber and mellow and people just asking questions. We're going to be, it's going to be engaging. Mm -hmm. uh, we got an amazing group of students on the panel. Who's on the panel? Let's give them a shout out here. Bianca, mm -hmm. Rachel Taylor, Dustin Roach. Okay. Jamie Pendergrass, uh, Kelsey. And who's Kelsey. Kelsey has not been on the show yet. She's from Franklin. Okay. She's a, a student in the program. And April Lester. And okay. I, I think you know April too, right? Those, those are the six on the panel. And Courtney, Courtney Kimmel. I, I, I didn't hear you say Kayla McCoy. Kayla McCoy. Man, I, you on the list, man? You better be having me on the list. <laughs> <laughs> you a student? I tried, how hard did I try to get you in, in that class? Do I, I have think, to? I thought you said I was I on there. I think I'm going to. No, gonna you're on this one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. I was going <laughs> to say my dates. <laughs> Okay. Hold yourself. We gotta. I, we gotta have Red's hope. I'm gonna come on. Commit to come it. on. So I'll be there. from twelve Thank until you. till one o'clock, we're doing this discussion and we're talking about what recovery looks like on a college campus and what it's like to be a person in long-term recovery and a, also a student and kind of what that experience has been like, what the transition was like, getting back into school, how you can become a recovery ally, what recovery allies look like. It's gonna be an awesome event. It's also catered, so we got a bunch of free food. So if, <laughs> even if you don't want to hear anything about any of that stuff, mm. come Sold. out. Come I'm out. in. <laughs> come out and get a free healthy lunch. We got a caterer for okay, a okay. healthy All lunch. Right. Yeah. What, what's it? City Lights Cafe downtown. Oh, man. That's our spot. City yeah. Lights. Oh, yeah. So they're going to be catering in the food. Mm -hmm. We want to get anybody and everybody out there. So. Okay. Did you hear that, Rachel Taylor? <laughs> Rachel Taylor. <laughs> City Lights Cafe. A <laughs> couple days later. On the 20th, which I believe is Thursday night, 
Harris Regional Hospital is hosting a community opioid discussion. I'm on that panel. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what, no, hey, wait, hang on a second. I got to put this in my calendar, man. <laughs> So, Y'all forgive me. So this is Thursday night? Thursday night. From, oh, I've got it. From 5.30 until 7 p.m. Oh, wow. At the Jackson County Public Library yes. downtown at 310 Keener Street, downtown Silva. They're hosting this opioid discussion panel. Um, they Understanding got, the opioid epidemic. Yeah, they got doctors from Swain Pain Management. They got this guy named Caleb McCoy from Res Hope. This guy. <laughs> Who the that? heck is that? I know. He needs to sit down somewhere and shut up. He needs to work on those speeches, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little while. Um, <laughs> WCU Substance Abuse Studies Program Coordinators. This is a collective group of, of individuals to um, that'll be there to address and discuss questions related to opioid prevention, use, and treatment. Everyone is invited to come, uh, whether you're in recovery or a recovery ally. Again, that's Thursday night at the Jackson County Public Library. I want to see more people that's their recovery allies, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like Richie says, there's 23 million people that's in sustained recovery right now in the United States, but look how many people have not experienced mental health or substance use issues, yeah. and we need that voice at the table for sure because that's the majority. And every one of those 26 million has two, three, four allies in their right. circle, in their family, friend, group of mm-hmm. friends that you know, could be a recovery ally. So come out and kick it with us. We're all going to be involved in these events. We would love to, uh, to hang out with you. There's also... Our class. We got our class t- tomorrow night. Guys, don't forget that. It's a race hope recovery class. Are you going to be out there? I will not be out there. Okay. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. I'm, I'll have to work tomorrow night. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, you're excusing. Until 7 o'clock. My <laughs> boss scheduled me to work, so I will not be able to make it. Okay. But I will be at the other two events. All right. Well, I'll see you there then. But uh, so our class is tomorrow. We have an, um, from 530 to 7 at the Wolftown Gym. Anybody's invited. We actually made some, I made some connections up here. Did you make some connections at the at your speech at Western? And, you know, we need to touch base with them, try to get them to come out to the class. Yeah, I had a couple people. Uh, so I got to some me, of the, so, um, yeah. the, the Jackson County Alternative School. I invited awesome. uh, yeah. the, the one with the woman that's over that actually was my English teacher in high school. And so it was that was an amazing thing, being able to reconnect with her and see how everything's been going. And so she's going to hopefully start bringing a group of kids over to our classes every Tuesday. The reconnecting youth group up at Cherokee High School which I hopefully to be, uh, I'm going to be working there here here soon. So I'm going to go ahead and speak that into existence with Miss Reba Elders and Kiana. Kiana, love you if you're watching. Love you Ho- guys. Hope you're feeling. Hope you're feeling better. But they're going to be bringing a group of kids as well to the class. I mean, this thing's it's about to blow up. I feel I really feel like it's about to blow up. And you know, we talked about that when we first started this about we had a classroom full of people, about twenty something people, and I said, you know what, I'd like to see a gym full of people like wanting to get involved and understand this a little bit deeper on a deeper level and, and figure out how they can get plugged in and, and start being, a, you know, that light in the community and changing this whole culture. And I feel like hey, we're, we're coming to a point to, you know, it's getting ready to happen. It's on its it, way. I think it's in the, it, it is happening. It's in yes. the, from what I saw just the last time that I went and the pictures that you guys have been posting at your weekly events. And then you wanting to do like bigger monthly events, like the Res Hope Freedom Fest that you did a while back. Like, it's happening, dude. You're doing yeah. it in your community. You're doing the work, man. 
You got an event? Yes. Um, September 25th. Is this the right? Yeah. September 25th, Renew in Bryson City. Oh, yes. They're going to have um, a – it's education. It's uh, from 7 – it starts at 7. Uh, Anthony's – shout out to our uh, good friend Crystal. Crystal. You're amazing. She's going to – Anthony's is going to be um, catering it, right? Yep. So there's going to be a lot of people uh, people sharing their – I think two uh, – Two guys from Teen Challenge is going to come and share, and I think there's going to be a couple other people in the community sharing. And the, so, what, Steve? No, I was just waiting. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to share. Mom, Mama Ruth. <laughs> okay. Hey, Mom, I love you. Mama You're amazing, Ruth. Mom. Shout out to my love mom for you, sure. Ruth. Yes. Rufus. Rufus. The granny lion. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, look up what a granny lion is. What they call <laughs> yeah. a granny lion. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to bring a little bit of humor to it, man. I tell you what, dude. You know, I was thinking, I was reflecting, Caleb McCoy, after I saw you on your big trip that will that you took this weekend, and after last week's podcast and talking to Justin Blackburn about the things that he was doing and talking to both of you guys, I really kind of reflected the next few days after this podcast, and um, I was really thinking about that. The name of our show is NC Raw, North Carolina Recovery Always, where we talk about different pathways to recovery, and we recognize, we respect every pathway that's out there. Yep. We recognize and respect people who are choosing to change their lives in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. And what I really started thinking about was that what we're doing here tonight, like, is just an amazing example of exactly that, right? Like me, like we come from different walks of life, mm -hmm. right? We follow different um, recovery programs, a little bit different of like a spiritual background, but we can co collectively get together, um, not just every Monday night, but get together in the community and do these things mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And there's like that, what we're doing is what I see is missing out there. Mm -hmm. There's like these little pockets of people who are doing the work, but they're kind of segregated on their own. <coughs> and they're not, there's no connection between <coughs> these types of groups. Yet here we are doing it consistently like every week. So I just want to thank you for like that level of, both you guys, for that level of respect. And um, being able to do that, you know, every single week. I don't know, just something that I was kind of like, thinking about this this well, week while we were man that's that's one thing that I always try to share with people you know and I ask and I ask people now uh what does leadership look like and that's you know leadership is not being scared to go first you know and having that commitment and seeing that thing you know whatever it is that you're going first in seeing it through you know like for me with all these different needs that need to be met with uh intervention in the communities you know uh, education in the schools if I sit back and wait on somebody else to do it, man, it may not ever get done. And so I know what, you know, I know what God's blessed me with, the gifts that he's blessed me with. And I, I don't want to be held accountable for not using those things, you know, once I leave this earth. Um, and so that's, that's why, you know, there's these needs that need to be met. And I want to fill that gap as, as, you know, in a most impactful way that I can. What's up, baby? That's it. That's great. Yes. We need uh, more so, leaders. That's what our group's right. all about. That's what we want to do. We don't want to just, you know, I mean, education is great, but we want to build leaders. Mm -hmm. That's what 
that's what we're about. And, and that's why, even if it's, you know, taking a, a group with us so they can just be around and see what it is, you know, to, to, to be a leader. Let's talk about that for a little bit. What did you guys do this weekend? Where do we start? Well, we'll start before we left. Yeah. Let's start uh, at the at the SEC, what Richie had got up there, mm-hmm. you know, the amazing Richie Tanner Hill. And Shout out, Richie. The amazing Lori. The amazing Lori. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was, yes, it was Richie and Lori, and, and I, I seen Steve, up, so this guy up there. I actually called him. I was like, where are you at? He was standing right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my bad. There you are. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, we we got to go up there. Richie and and Lori put on Generation Found. Uh, they invited kids from seven different high schools. I had a pretty good turnout. The first the first group, <clears throat> I'd say what probably about hundred hundred kids. Least, yeah, yeah hundred kids showed up. We got to uh, Richie spoke. Obviously, Richie's always uh, <laughs> Richie. He's yeah, always he's high strung. Yeah, yeah. He's, I tell you what, now it's the hard to match his. And it, that that makes me uh, iron sharpens iron, so yes. I have to step up my game. You know, seeing how he always comes to the table and leaves everything, empties the bucket. You know, every time he comes into something like that. And so Lori gave me. You know, we all had an opportunity to speak to the kids, make some connections with the you know with those groups that we invited out to the class, and then we went and, and had, we our had our board meeting. Be- yeah, our board meeting. Okay, well, okay. Grace Hope board meeting, we're, first one. Yeah, we're in the process of uh, getting a you know the board together and moving forward. We had a lot of uh, leadership there. Um, Had a lot of people come out and show interest. So we're definitely building allies and making those connections. So the next meeting, we're hoping to uh, have more people there and start delegating like positions and stuff. Yep. We so got a long way to go. Shared but the shared division with them. Yeah. I mean, they liked what we what we presented, what Caitlin presented. I, I got to <laughs> give a shout out to her. I I tell you by that by that point, we're getting everybody ready to go to, go to Kentucky. You know, getting this van. We had to rent a you know a van from Enterprise. The Dirty Bird. The Dirty Bird. <laughs> hashtag the Dirty Bird. And um, so I get down there. Caitlin does her thing. Fabulous job presenting. Thank you, thank you. I uh, couldn't done it without. I couldn't done it any better. She's she's a pro at it, man. You said it right. She, yeah, you said it right. You couldn't it. have done it without. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I can't, and I, I know that. I realize that, and you know, just well, because, thank you, baby. Just because Courtney has a microphone doesn't mean you girls can team up on us. I saw, right, hey, did I not say girl power? <laughs> so she got she done that. We load everybody up. We have a group of. Uh, we had Caitlin and I. Melita, Nikita, uh, Chance, Chance, and, and Haley. Haley. And we drove to Western. And Caitlin was, go ahead, baby, I'll turn this one over to you. Huge shout out to uh, Sky Cannot Sampson. She uh, reached out to me and asked me if I would like be interested in coming to Western Carolina University to share with their. Uh, they did a case session about ad- addictive behaviors. And mm-hmm. uh, they have a group. I can't remember what it, what is it called. It's an intercultural group, right? I don't know. It's a group. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, it was. I got to go up there and uh, present my story and share some of the effects that you know that addiction can have on your families and mm-hmm. and your community and those around you and just some of the the behaviors and whatnot. And um, 
Yeah, I got to share some. I got I got to toot your horn a little bit here, man, and brag on her. She presented for almost an hour and was flawless. Like, I watched that video. I watched it. That I mean, yeah, it was she flawless. Killed it. Yeah, like, she killed it. She looked like she'd been presenting for years. She did. No, and she's only going to get she's only going to get better, hey, man. Like she, you see how much how much she has grown in such a short period of time. Yeah. Right. I mean, she I, believes I in herself. She understands her value. She knows. She understands what it is that she uh, brings to the table, and she she runs with it, man. And you know, it's making an impact. And she's a huge leader, not only uh, for women, but in this whole recovery movement. I, I mean, as a whole. And right. I mean, I've had a lot of people, you know, to to show me the ropes, like you and Richie, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm continuing. I'm always learning. I'm always Teachable. taking taking notes and. Uh, so being around and being around powerful women like Frida Sailor and uh, you know different uh, powerhouses that I've came mm-hmm. into contact with has definitely helped help me uh, help get me to where I'm at and that's you know why it's important to surround yourself around leaders. Um, but yeah, so well, thank you for that. Uh, I did. I felt really good about it. And then I got to do an icebreaker about the you know stigma related labels, and they really I think they really enjoyed that, and it kind of you know opened. I had a lot of dialogue. I had a lot of feedback, so that was awesome. Well, we jumped. We jumped in a van, took off. So let's let's just reset real quick. Y'all started in the morning <laughs> at SEC. Yeah. yeah, doing the generation. Well, I went to work. <laughs> I saw you at like what eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, SEC. Then you went to a Res Hope, the first Res Hope board meeting. Then you went to Western Carolina University where Caitlin spoke. Yep. And then you did what? Got in the van. We finally got on the road about 8.30 that night. We ate, got on the road, drove to Mayfield, Kentucky, which is over seven hours. <laughs> I drove to Mayfield, Kentucky. Man, and, you know, we, we didn't get up there till what, 3 o'clock three in the morning? in the morning. Four, three or four in the morning. Then got to lay down. Lay down for two hours, got up, went running. Who was with you? Caitlin, my lioness. Uh, what, what, who was on your team, though? Who's okay. your team? Int- had, introduce your team to our audience, We had Nikita Dareberry and Chance Mashburn and Haley. Last name. Haley, what's your last name? I know she's watching. <laughs> I can't. Uh, it's Chance's girlfriend. Yes. And um, According to Google, Melita Scoosel. Scoosel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and that was the team. That's the Res Hope crew. That was the Res Hope Some, crew this yeah, time. Yeah, this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to vary, you know. I mean, we're going to. We hope more people reach out and say, "Hey, I want to. I want to go." Because we're going to start vetting the candidates that who's going to go. You know, who we think would benefit from that particular trip or whatever. How far they are in their recovery, how much work they're putting in, that kind of stuff. You know, we learned a lot, man. We learned a lot on this. But we get we get up there to Kentucky, four five o'clock in the morning, five four o'clock in the morning. Lay down, get up, go run three miles at seven o'clock. Uh, go straight to an elementary school, Fancy Farm Elementary, with our buddy Dusty Cancer. He went to school there. Shout out Dusty. Shout out Dusty Cancer in Mayfield. Um, <laughs> so we get we get up there to the Fancy Farm, man, and we get to talk to first, second, and third graders. Right? And they're the best. They're, they're <laughs> like the best to be able to talk to. They oh got man, I the was the best questions. <laughs> they're enthused. They're not dead. They're like. <laughs> Oh yeah, we, we I mean every one of their hands go up, you know, it's like three classes in there and they're asking questions and, and telling us, you know Much like, much different than your experience with the high school kids the day before. We had to really engage them to yes, get them involved, right? Yes. These kids were sucking it up. Right. Yes. Uh huh. 
And I was talking about, you know, some of the things to stay away from, like slapping somebody in the face or um, <laughs> being mean. Being make, make sure they're listening to their mom and dad. And then finally we got around to it and one of them said, and don't do drugs. And so that opened yeah. up the door and we started talking about that. Dusty done a wonderful job talking to the kids. Um, I got a chance you to. Too? I had a chance to speak the first time. I was a little. I, I did. I got a little intimidated, man. I mean, these are these are kids. I mean, you got to be careful. I mean, these are the some most tough critics. <laughs> yeah, let's let's investigate that a little bit, man. What was it? Because how, you, many, how many kids you talking about? You said first and second grade. First, second, third graders. There's about three classes. Forty, fifty kids. Yeah, about fifty something kids, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Why? Do I, because, man, I, I I got to thinking like I why I got in front of this me. Is is the, the, you're the dude that got in front of, um, that walked up in front of. What's what am I looking for? Council and said, "I'm gonna run to Oklahoma." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. I, man, I'm telling you, it's. I just want to make sure that I'm saying the right things, you know, because it's the most precious things that you know that, that we yeah. have you know, yes. our, our our children, and it's the. It's the future. What's up? Oh. Um, but, yeah, we got to talk to them, and Dusty prayed with them, man. And that was, the, that was the most amazing thing because you don't see a lot of schools allow you to talk about Jesus Christ in the school. And these kids were just so – I mean, they was over the moon to talk about well, it Jesus. Was, it was cute. Uh, that one he said, or what's something that – he's like, something that Jesus wants you to do is get outside and play more in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> So we got to turn Jesus up, man, and and then we had a, another class come in. We got to talk to them, and the one thing that I really took away from that, I done a lot better the second time now, Rob, mind you, because I, I was in my comfort zone a little bit then. Um, but Nikita, Nikita found her voice. Mm-hmm. She started talking to them kids, and that was a breakthrough for her because you know she's in early recovery. She's mm-hmm. just uh, finding her way, and to see that, man, that gave me, that brought me a lot of joy to see her growing like that. That's part of the reason why you brought some of the folks that you did with you, right? Yes. To kind of give them that opportunity. Yeah. Is that correct? For sure. Yes. Yeah, because I didn't, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of myself in them. You know, like a lot of people say, well, you need to have this much. You, know, you need to have A, B, and C already done before you can go do this. And I, I was hungry, and I had the desire and the willingness to put in the work, and I've seen that in, in most of them. Yeah. And... <clears throat> They need to, everybody needs a chance. You know what I mean? We all we've all had to have second, third, and hundred chances. So I felt like that's exactly what they needed as well. And yeah, absolutely. I remember. I don't want to say any names. Okay, let's just keep that to ourselves. But I remember being at an event with you, and there was a nationally recognized speaker that was telling talking to you privately after the <laughs> the event that was saying stuff. That you shouldn't say this, you could, can't do this unless you. Yeah, well, hey, yeah, right. You, me- you remember that? Yes, I do. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What kind of things were said? What kind of things were said to you? And then what did you do? You said they said that um, to be in long term recovery, you had to be in recovery for five years. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, just I remember them saying that, and um, I don't know, you might know. Remember some more. And by all just, means, I'm not trying to bash anybody at all. I just want to make it clear, like what, why? Why it, it was it was discouraging to hear <laughs> yeah. what I heard from somebody that uh, you know that 
That's it's a powerful power. story, yeah. man. And a lot of people look up to the, mm-hmm. you know to this person, and, and I looked up to him, you know, at that point. And I still, I still yeah, do. Yeah, sure. I still do. Just because we don't agree on something, don't mean that I can't still learn from him. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And it, and the difference is, is that you didn't allow it to hinder the direction that you were going with yourself. Well, that's the one that had like told challenge me. accepted. That's the one that told her, like, oh, you starting a nonprofit. Because he, they asked, he asked what uh, mm-hmm. was our, uh, where are we seeing ourselves, or yeah, some of our goals, where are we seeing ourselves in five years. And I told, you know, I spoke up and I said, other people said, you know, working, which is fine. But I spoke up and I was like, well, I, I expect to see, you know, our Res Hope, our, our recovery house uh, up and running and us, you know, proceeding forward with all of this. And they were like, well, I'll go ahead and tell you that's, you know, why do you want to do that? It's too hard. Uh, you should do something else. And I was just like, you know, and we see, took so, that and ran with it. So I, it, you know, light our fire. That fueled our fire to, to push even harder to get it. What You know, that's our goals. That's our dreams. And to tell somebody not to do something because you struggled with it. Right. What you're doing is placing your limitations or, your you know, your struggles off on them and discouragement. And so whenever somebody comes up, and I, I learned from that. I learned from what he said to Caitlin. When somebody comes up and asks me, "Hey, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to start a recovery house. Or I want to, I want to be the president. You know, whatever it looks like. I want to say, okay, it's going to be tough, but how can I support you do that? Yeah, that's what people need to hear. Let me share you know? my knowledge. Yeah, with let you. me share. Right, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to put in a lot of hard, hard work. But you, you know, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm going to walk along beside you. Yeah, so I mean, you here accomplish are, that. Here we are six months later, and you just had your first board of directors yeah. meeting. So <laughs> that's what's up, man. Yeah. I mean, hard work, dedication. I'm just saying. It's um, but yeah. So we got to go to the elementary school, right? Go yeah. out to eat. You know, we'll just give a whole rundown of the weekend. Go out to eat, and then we got to go to Mayfield Cardinals to the football training game. to the training complex. Well, before oh, okay. You're talking the, about the yeah. We got to meet the mayor elect. He's a candidate for mayor, Stephen Elders. Shout out, Stephen. Thank you for letting us be a part of the uh, feeding the kids up there. We got to go into the training uh, center and feed the number four winningest mm-hmm. football program in the country. Yeah, the Mayfield Cardinals, the number four ranked high school football team in the nation. Well, not not right now. They've won the most, the fourth most games ever. They've won twelve state championships. They have a, a huge tradition, just a rich tradition for winning. And I, I like that. I can relate to that. As a Maroon Devil, mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> I heard you. I, I heard you. I heard you tooting that horn a little uh, bit on some of the videos, man. But, I heard that all weekend. So we got, hey, we got to feed the kids, you know, and and be a part of that. Um, and it was awesome getting to see our group, you know, being able to do something. I mean, cause I mean, we went you running. Think about, uh, the, yeah, we didn't have time to even think. We went straight in. in I mean, straight in this training center, out and slinging pizza. I mean, like wow. not slinging dope, slinging pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, you know. And and they they enjoyed it. They had fun. I could tell just to see them smiling and telling somebody, you know, good job. And it was it was really fun. Yeah. And then we got to pray as a group with a. We haven't even said with the mayor. About, we got to pray with the mayor, the mayor elect. We had an added member to the Res Hope group. She just kind of fit right along with in. Oh us. my goodness, Tony! She's amazing. Yes. Shout out, girl, if you're watching this. So you uh, you adopted a local into the Res Hope? No, group. she was from Texas. She was from Texas. Tony she stayed from in, Texas. Tony from Texas. She <laughs> stayed in uh, Dusty's house with us. We all stayed as a group there. Um, 
she came up for the the outreach that yeah. we did. But yeah, um, she ended up just filing in with our group and really teaching us a lot. Teaching us and and you know the others. Yeah, for sure. She's so well, then we got to go to, to tailgate at the Mayfield and oh, it's gosh. a rivalry game: Mayfield uh, Cardinals and the Graves County Eagles. Hashtag go cards. Battle um, of the birds. Yeah, battle of the birds. They don't play up there, man. Did you see the video? I saw the video and I saw y'all walking around in the tailgate party like, man, this is like an NFL game. They're like tailgating out here. Yeah. This don't look like a I'm high school sure. football game. They probably do that at Little League games. <laughs> they get <laughs> down now. I mean, they be slinging all kinds of food. They have barbecue, t- all the pork rinds. Uh, His house, they had a big tent. Uh, yeah, the church. the church. His house ministries. They had, I mean, free food for... Whoever wanted to come through, nachos. I had to drag Caleb away from the concession stand. Oh man, I ate. <laughs> uh, you indulged. You weren't. You weren't on your strict diet while you was up there. I tried. I was still. I was still intermittent fasting, but you I was eating eat too that bad. I didn't eat that bad. What does I your did. intermittent fasting look like? Um, right now, it's going from about twelve to six, six hour window. But I don't. I eat clean. I don't eat no junk in that six hour window. You know, salads, vegetables, fruits. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, but so, um, so we got to go to the football game. Mayfield fun. smashed them. They won. Yeah. Oh yeah. Smashed them, and then we got to go out on the field and present two sportsmanship award sportsmanship awards to the one to Graves County, one to Mayfield, and the boy that we uh, Trey, that he's the running back for Mayfield. He won the one once for them, the home team, and he had an official visit to Louisville. Wow. So we got to go there and take pictures with Trey. I met him before when we come through. Very respectful young man. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, man, it's just, it's awesome to to go, go to places and be like, oh, you know, there's Caleb, you know, he's he's one at Rain or he's one doing yeah. this. And it's good, man. It's good. They see what's happening, man. They see it. The but That was all just extra stuff. That was Friday. Yeah. That's just that, Friday. Yeah, that was Friday. <laughs> that was there. That you participated in because you went there on this outreach mission. Yes, that, that right? was the the biggest reason why we went out for there. the outreach. Yes, because yeah. we had seen uh, Dusty and his his house ministries. They'd done an outreach before, and we seen it on Facebook and stuff. And we're like, you know, man, we want to be a part of that. And uh, Caleb and Dusty collaborated, and Caleb's like, we want to bring a group up there. And this is the first time that we've really been able to take a group, you know, out of state to go up there and uh, be servants, do some service work. We all know how important service work is in recovery, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Saturday... The, was the, the outreach block, yeah. block party? The block party, his house block party. We his got house a, ministries block party. Yeah, Mayfield, yeah. Kentucky. Yep. I we, feel like my oh, there it goes. Okay. What we got that, up early that morning. So go ahead. What did that consist of? Um, what did we do? Early? We got up early and we went to the church. Uh, and we got started helping. Unload the trailers, oh, yeah. the tables, the chairs. We helped set up everything, the tents. Yes. Um, did all that and got everything ready for the 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 event. And then we went and had some lunch and had to do a couple things, but because it didn't start till four o'clock. Man, we stayed busy. We put in work. Now we did. I mean, and it's. I'm, I'm starting to just question how you even made it to this table tonight after <laughs> all of that. You drove t- and you did all the driving. Yeah, nobody Up else drove. Yep. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm telling you, it's all that training. It's my diet. It's my, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's that's what it is, man. That's how I'm, I'm able to go like I go. And God blessed me with that, man. You know. So what happened at the event? God <sighs> happened. Jesus got <laughs> turned all the yeah, way yeah, up. Yeah, it was good, <laughs> that's man. That's what happened. There was kids out there playing. There was people getting set free. One guy shows up that um, had been struggling. Um, what was his name? Which one? Carl? No, it wasn't. Was it Carl? I thought that was his name. It started with a C. Anyways, he gets up there. We pray for him. He ends up getting saved. And so after Dusty preaches, you know, what what he asked? He asked if anybody... Had ever said that. Anybody been saved? He he, had done like an altar call, right? Yeah. So three get baptized, and I think... Nine plus got saved, and there's people like down and the street, not even at the event, on their porch listening, right? Because we're we're in a kind of a rough neighborhood spot in town, and so there's people like on the side of the roads crying, you know, hearing this word of God being preached, and they they man, they get saved, and start one, raising their hands, yeah. One of those people that got baptized was the amazing Nikita. Yes, the amazing Nikita, one yep. of our girls, yeah, from uh. That came with us. She she was the second one to to get baptized. That was amazing. That, shout out Nikita, we love you. That was so. That was a special moment, and I'm so glad I got to be a part of that. There, the praise and worship. Those girls are some powerhouses. I love them so much. <laughs> They're my girls, and it was just it was filled with the Holy Spirit for sure. We passed out food. Um, Hot dogs, chips, cookies, to just everybody. I mean, just showing love, man. Just hungry, showing who Jesus that was all is. Your, that, you know, it's your own fault because there's plenty of food. They there gave away bikes. Gave away bikes. T-shirts. Yep. Bags, swag bags, bags. Yeah. How many people do you think were in attendance? Uh, I counted, and it was like over 420. Wow. Showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful, man. Kaylin, you were talking a little bit while my boy was munching on his salad before we started about that experience kind of offered some insight into the direction of your service work that you have and plan on doing in the community. Yeah. What, so like what happened that made like and what how did that change your kind of goals? So I've been uh doing some soul searching here recently and God's you know been Laying it, giving me clarity and stuff. So I've been, you know, searching about my own identity. You know, like I'm, I'm not, I am the lioness. Don't get me wrong. So, <laughs> but you know, I'm not just Caleb's girlfriend. I'm not just the support. I'm not just the help. Although I am all those things. You know, I'm still, I'm Caitlin. And so this weekend really opened up my eyes to how how close those women are. How the, they're very, you know, they're very strong in their faith. Women of God, and you know, uh, this weekend I had seen some places where I could work on as a being a, a female leader, which I, I am, you know, to an extent. But I feel like I've seen where there's places that I could get better at it. Some opportunities. So, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wanting to do that, especially for my Red Hope girls, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, because, you know, it's it's good to have everybody as a group, but there are some things that you don't get to talk about. So, you know, maybe even some of our classes, we might split up and the guys go with Caleb and the girls go with me and then we do, you know. Switch like, out, even yeah. like, you know, Chance going, could have went with her. We, we learned, we, we seen a lot of opportunities to do things different and to get people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. 
you know. And so I'm I'm grown. I mean, it wasn't just like we got to watch the people that came with us grow spiritually, mentally, We're, emotionally. But at the same time, me and Caleb grew along. Right before your very eyes. Yeah. You to see the crew. And then, yes. so his house ministries, that's the name his of house Dusty's ministries. group? Well, his Dusty's group's recovery, recovery. unit. Dusty's on Shout our listening out. right now. We love you guys. We love you, Dusty. Yes. It sounds like that you saw a lot of the way that they handle things as like opportunity, the way that they do things and kind of conduct business as like kind of a model or some for what Come you on. guys are trying yep. to do at Res Hope. Is that kind exactly. of... Exactly. Uh, just the way that they run their... The, the faith aspect of it. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we, met, we met a guy now from uh, the Church International that oh, yeah. they've got nine campuses in the United States and then they got two abroad, uh, two in Africa, I believe. And uh, this head pastor, you know, this, this is God working in our lives, you know, just because we're always pressing into what he's got for us and he's going to bless that. But... Um, this pastor, he invites us down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to tour his campuses and his recovery program. But they don't call it that. They call it something else. But just by having that, that connection, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and showing up to these places and, and God blessing us and getting us connected to the right people, that's going to make us grow, man, because, you know, like I said, five years from now, I want to be, I want to be, I have a place in Oklahoma, you know, Rest Hope House in Oklahoma and Rest Hope program out there. I mean, so this, connected with these people, man, that's going to make that happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What was the, um, what was like, what did it feel like to leave and come home with your crew in, <laughs> the, in the car together? And like, what were those conversations like? And like, because just, just to see the life in, in those folks that like. Well, it, they they slept. Well, before we late. left, we went to the Mississippi River and done oh, a, sun, a sunrise morning. Bible study. We didn't study. talk about Sunday yet. That was just Saturday, bro. Okay, okay, okay. Come on. <laughs> no, this is this is huge. This was this was good. This is so good. I haven't even got to post pictures yet. I haven't either. That's how busy it's been. But uh, yeah, tell them about Sunday. Sunday was so. We great. got up at five. Got up at five thirty, and I had you know I ran through there. That's how I got to meet these people. Yeah, that's yeah. how you got, originally got connected yep. with everybody. Yeah, Dusty. We made a uh, Tim Crafts event high on hope. We you know uh, kept kept uh, in contact and everything and so when i was running through there they they um, he, he's, he's like you should come to mayfield yeah he's yeah and so us. they put us up in a motel room once we got there and got to Fed meet everybody us. Oh, yeah it's great and so um Caleb got to speak at his house that's the first time that's when we really got to meet some people their pastors and some of the people in the congregation but then but well we get up we get up um Sunday morning and drive to the same spot that I ended my run in Columbus, Kentucky, because we had we had to drive around through yeah. through Illinois and back into Missouri and start running again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got to the same spot, man, where Caitlin and I made a video. Oh, it's so beautiful! And just man, just being out there and it's like, okay, we, we was out here a few months ago and now look where we're at. Three months, look how much we've grown already. And got to sit down, man, and read some scripture together and just talk about, you know, what, what God was speaking to all of us, all of our hearts. And, man, it was, I mean, the, you know, watching these big cargo ships go up and down the river and the sun's coming up, you know, and just. About to cry. <laughs> I'm telling that's why you got them tissues over there. Man, I'm telling you, it's just, uh, you know, life's, and 
life's not about how many, how long you live. It's not about how many years you put in. It's about how memories, how many memories you make in those, you know, while you live. Yeah, and experiencing those moments, man. Being, being present for them, right? Not distracted by. My them. goodness. So yeah, we done that. Then we come straight back. Get ready. For, I mean, so it, it was just always like in and out, <laughs> in and out. Just getting ready, going back out, getting ready. So we come back from the Bible study, get ready, go to an amazing service. Got to sit front row at a you know at a big church. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a pretty amazing place. They got a huge kids program and just a lot of people there. And got to hear a good sermon and people got delivered. Yeah, the Holy a, a friend of ours that we met, Maria, she got saved. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, she yep. did. Um, Love you, girl. So that's what Sunday looked like, you know. And then I about cried, man, when we had to leave. Well, actually, before we left, <sighs> we had to go get Dusty a thank you gift for, you know, allowing us to be in his home. And not only that, you know, I people get to look, you know, that's I like for them to see who we surround ourselves with, you know, yeah. whether it's you, Dusty, you know, any whoever, you know, to see what you know, – it's a very important who you surround yourself with, you know? And so they got to see that and um it was we got him a thank you gift and then um everybody got to tell him thank you and express, you know, how uh Got it. He so he lives, he's got a bachelor pad, right? He don't have no pictures in his yeah. house. I asked him the night before, I was like, Dusty, I was like, <laughs> Why don't you have any pictures in your house? And he he told me why and I was like, Okay. And then that's why I told Caleb, I was like, we need to get him a picture. So we got him, yeah, one of the pictures. Got him two pictures. One, he works at a dealership. He's going to hang one in his office and one in his house. Got him a nice picture frame. And, man, we're just so blessed to have him in our lives. He, he just, you know, see the growth in, in his own life and his own spiritual walk, man. It's amazing to to be a part of that and to to have that as well for encouragement for our own spiritual walk. Yeah, and then um, I had met this girl, and she just, my heart went out to her. She just, like, has this very special place in my heart, but she's a very beautiful young girl. I met her at the outreach, and I got to pray with her, Madison. Oh, Oh, uh, yes. She she had a basketball. She was carrying a basketball, right? And that's, you know, I opened that that, uh, dialogue for me. I was like, you know, do you ball? Are you a baller? And she was like, yeah, you know, she had on her Nike headband and everything, and I was like, okay. So then I started talking to her, asking her, you know, she told me what grade she was in, what, what school she went to, and just started, I mean, I asked her what some of her goals were and stuff, and then she opened up about how her, um, she's been experiencing things with her mom and her relationship with her mom and stuff. So I got to pray over her and just, you know, prophesize over her future and stuff, and then when I had grabbed her ball, it has like two huge lumps in it. And I was like, your ball's bored. And she's like, I know, I got I to gotta get me a new one. And I, I, she had me then. I was like, Caleb, we got to get her ball. And I told her that. And so when we got Dusty's gift, we got So we're ball. scrambling around right after service. We go eat lunch and then uh, go eat lunch. And, and Caitlin remembered, you know, in the midst of all this chaos that was going on, Caitlin's like, <laughs> We got to remember Madison. We got to get her ball. And so, I mean, it's getting late, about three o'clock in the afternoon. Going to take seven, eight hours to get home. And so we have to go all the way back across town to bring her the ball. Take her to basketball, man. Well, because you know, I told her I was going to bring a ball. The old me, the old me would have been like, whatever. Let's well, I mean, go. Her, even you know? look how many people would do that. Right, and 
And I'm not I'm not that person anymore, you know. Yeah, if sure. I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I said, I mean, it's the only way we're going to lead, you know what I mean? It's by example and, and keeping our – staying committed to the things that we say we're going right. to do. And every time we've done something like that, whatever, we always talk about it in front of the group, you know, and stealing mm -hmm. those, uh, those skills and, and ways of thinking. So hopefully, you know, they'll soak it in. Definitely sounds like that will not be your last trip to Mayfield, Kentucky. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> well, that, now they, they talked to one of the leaders up there, the elders in the church, Ricky, and, and I know Dusty as well is looking. He's chomping out a bit to come back down here, but they were like, next time you have an event, you let us know how we can help, his house can help, and we're coming down there to y'all. And you were talking about having a spring event. A spring yeah. event. People from Oklahoma. I mean, our family out there, the Rooster family, yes. they got an amazing ministry going on. Man, it's... There's so much like going on out there in the world, and especially the churches. The churches is supposed to be a place for the the broken and you know the people that's that's sick, you know, and, and spiritually and everything. And so it's it's up to us to the church has left the building, right? We got to get out there in <laughs> yeah. the streets. We got to get out there to the dope houses. We got to get out there to the people that's walking up and down the streets and and witness to them. You know what I mean? And tell them like what's what's going on. Tell them about Jesus, you know, and who He is and what He's done in our lives. You know, we can't make anybody believe what we believe. We just show them the love that, you know. And that's right. That he know? shows us. Showing that love. So, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so then we separation anxiety in the dirty bird. I had to get out of there, man. I was like, I got I walked out of the house because I was about to break down. For real, I did not want to leave, man. I, I just love that place. I just love how they treat us. Um, just how welcoming they Dusty are. Dusty told us, he said, whenever you guys are ready to move in, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Might be taking them up on it. Yeah. Res Hope, uh, Mayfield, Kentucky <laughs> Division. Yeah, there you go. Might have to get a summer home out there. Hmm. I'll catch you. <laughs> per yep. Perking up on that. It was amazing, though. So then today, we went to Solid Care in Cherokee. And got to go up there and, and talk to some of our elders. They don't get a lot of outside visitors. Yeah. And they all know about Raise Hope. And, and, they loved it. And some of the things that we're doing in the community. They're, I'll tell you what now, they're honoring now. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many of them knew you when you was rolling hard, man? How many of them heard horror stories about you? Uh, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't get a that. chance to talk but about it. A couple of them did say that they followed us along okay. the, on the run. Yeah. This sweet little lady, she was like, I, I found out that we're related. <laughs> but uh, she was telling us that every day she'd ask the guys, because we know some, some of the men up there was following Caleb, but she's asked, where are they at now? How are they doing? She yeah. told me she would, they made sure to lift us up in prayer. That was awesome. That was. They just going in there and showing them pictures of uh, the run and everything. And I got to share a little bit of my story and where I come from and, you know, why I think I've done the things that I've done and where I am now and where I'm going. You know, and they, they, was, they was really intrigued. But then it got close to dinner time and they're like, we got to eat. You need to be quiet. Go on somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <they're>, much. <laughs> are you done yet? Get up out of here, man. Well, you're talking about fine-tuning in your uh, public speaking. Hold on, before we do that, okay. can we, will you share, can we share about Chance? Because this weekend, Rob, I did, a, to watch the people that went with us, mm -hmm. how, you know, reserved they were at first. And it was like each day, they got a little bit more, you Bold. know, they grew a little bit more, all, all a little them. bit more. 
Most yeah. of them. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, to, oh, I was snapping pictures. They were helping pray. They were, yeah. you know, just to watch them grow spiritually and mm-hmm. mentally, you know, mm-hmm. and emotionally. It was, it was awesome. Now, we didn't get to, we're, we're going to get to the physical yes. part now. Yeah. Well, they, didn't, they didn't get there this weekend, but yeah. they're going to start going walking and running with us next trip. Y'all hear that? You know, <laughs> what you're describing, that spiritual growth that you, were able to observe in all of these people. That is a, that's exactly what thousands, thousands of people saw in you guys. Yeah. <laughs> when y'all made that, that run. Oh yeah. Home. I didn't yeah. even thought about that. that. Like what, what you're describing that you saw in chance and the rest of them is what all of these people who followed you from all over the country. Yeah. We saw that in you because you weren't, I mean, you were, like, out there, but you weren't out there spiritually mm-hmm. like you are today before that run. Right. It started growing into you throughout that, mm-hmm. throughout that trip. And we got to see that, exactly yeah. what Caitlin was just describing and, and the others. That's you a good, too. That's and a you good too observation, too. Yeah. man. Yes, yeah, I've both grown so That's a good much. observation. I like that. Even just this weekend, I've already seen how much, you know, how much I've grown. But just God's doing so. He's doing it. Yep. God did that. <laughs> For sure. God's got this. So chances, can we, chance, uh, we ended up coming up through Murphy Way last night. So we ended up, they just, it was late. We didn't get home till like 3 o'clock and didn't get in a bed till 4 this morning. Well, so they just got dropped off in Murphy and Chance's vehicle was in Cherokee. So his grand wasn't it. His grandma had yeah. to bring him up Trish. to get get his jeep. Well, his mom reached out to Caleb today and was had told him that before they got parted ways and they got in a vehicle, Chance was uh, like, "Can we pray before we go?" Just <laughs> him are taking that initiative to be a spiritual leader in his family. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why. That's not why I do what I do. I do what I do because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just being obedient to to the calling and the purpose that God has on my life. But whenever I see things like that, Rob, it that gives me a little extra, you know, push and like, okay, I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's sure. working. They're picking it up, and and now I know that I just got to keep keep doing what I'm doing, man, and just getting better and better every day. And so that's just you know, hearing that from Tamara. Shout out Tamara. I know she's watching. You got an amazing son, Trish. Chances Granny. Um, love you guys. Thank you for all the support yes, that you we gave love us. You guys. Uh, I mean, you're talking about one weekend, yes. right? And the work that you're doing on on a daily basis in your community is creating a thousand chances or two thousand oh, yes. chances, and creating that that culture in your community. <sighs> oh, you heard me? You're talking about one weekend, bro. Three days. <laughs> you hear Thank me? You. I'm hey, gonna toot your God, horn, son. That's God, man. That's God. It's, yeah. it's it's God. I'm just I'm just being obedient. You know what I mean? And he does he does the rest. He just he he's doing it through me, for sure. One thing that was on my mind this week and um, kind of hit me last night, and I wanted to ask you guys, like, what being in recovery for you know fair amount of time now, how have you guys learned to cope with grief and cope with loss at this point in your in your recovery process? For me, you know, I had somebody tell me that on my before I got on my run. They were like, "What are you gonna do when your faith doesn't hold up? 
Right. What are you going to do when you start questioning your faith? You know, you hit something that's harder than you, something that's just devastating to you. And you start questioning, like, why, God? Why did you do that? For me, having an understanding that God doesn't, he's not the author of evil. You know, like a lot of people, you know, think, why is God letting this happen? God's not doing that. That's not God. You know, that's not who he is. Now, he allows things to happen sometimes, so we'll come back to him. So when my Aunt Annie died, or anybody dies for that matter, you know, I got to, I, I, I got to take, take a step back and not lead with my heart so much. And, and, and that's the time to, you know, think about, like, okay, like my aunt dying, she was on drugs, man, you know, and and seeing her decisions and her disease and the things that she was doing in her life, that's what destroyed her, you know. And so being able to, I, it's it's important to me as a Christian to make sure that person, whoever it is out there walking around, they know about Jesus, man, and and you know that's that's what I'm called to do is is to be that light for him and to tell about what he what he done for me, what he done for you. Whether you, you know, pick that up or not, that's up to you. Um, but it's up to me to tell you about that. Um, but the grief, man, it's not what we go through. It's how we deal with it. Anytime something like that happens, I take that as an opportunity to show people, you know, I count it all joy my faith is being tested. You know, I get a chance to show people what it is to be a good, strong Christian, a man of faith uh, that, know, you know, it, it shows resiliency and and even going back to my culture, you know what it means to be a, Cher- a Cherokee man. That's been, you know, my ancestors have been through so much, and it's just that's how I look at it. You know what I mean? It's I not what you go through; it's what you grow through. That's and, it. And I know, like when 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 that happened on the run with Caleb, like that really taught me a lot. You know, because I looked at it like, how would I react? And it's true. You can't just give up. You can't just, you know, because <coughs> life's going to hit you. No matter, I mean, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And whether it's, you know, a, the loss of somebody that in your family or a loved one, or even if it's just, you know, like, okay, like trivial, trivial things, like a job, not getting the job that you wanted, because that might happen, you know? Um, just different things like that. Just being able to uh, to cope with it. I have better understanding now, you know, mm-hmm. by seeing. I've learned. I especially learned that from Kayla. You can't just give up. Um, especially, I mean, there's too much and all the pain that we've gone through. I mean, I do. I use that. I'll be like, and, and Caleb instilled that in me. You know, like. Look at all the things that you've accomplished and overcome. You can't just let something <laughs> pull you back and make you stumble. That's another thing, too. And I said this a lot this weekend. I said this a lot to a lot of different people is, you know, you can't keep looking back. You got to keep your focus forward. Because if you, the minute that you turn your head and you look back, you're going to stumble backward. Mm. You're going to stumble. Yep, you're going to fall. So you've got to keep looking forward no matter what. And I know it's sometimes easier said than done, but, but it, you're... Go ahead. I mean, your wellness, your, your well-brighty depends on it. Man, your I'm telling you, I'm getting pumped up talking about this now because I look, that's why I, I'm the self-proclaimed line, man. When something hits, when adversity hits, when, you know, those things, devastation hits, I, I look at it, man, I'm, go, I'm going to hit back. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. I'm going to keep exercising. I'm going to keep eating right. I'm going to keep praising God. 
you know, you ain't going to steal my joy. Nobody, nothing, no thing, no person's going to take my joy because you didn't give it to me. It comes from above. I know where I'm going. Where something, if something happens to me, I know where I'm going, man. I got joy in that. Now, I, I do I, I do struggle seeing people not, but that's not up to me, seeing people not be, get there to, to where, I, where I think they need to be, like, when I when I see people struggle with depression and everything, you know what I mean, and they, they let that consume them, you know, and it's just like so many people out there committing suicide nowadays because they the grief or depression or whatever it is that they're struggling with their life, you know, so they're letting something in their past or something they're experiencing right now determine their future. I just don't, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that, you know, and I want to understand that and how to help them people and and so that's what I look at, you know what I mean. I'm not going to let anything. Man, I've been through hell and back, you know, with my addiction. I've been, I mean, like, I think about that. Anytime I run against something that's tough for me, I'm like, man, I've seen this before. I mean, I've been through something tougher than this before. I'm not going to let this define me, you know. That's how, that's how I attack life. I brought this up because um, it's not necessarily direct experience or how I like an experience that would you know, make me question like how to handle grief. Um, but it was more about seeing someone that I love experience loss, potential loss, seeing someone that I love hurt. Um, <clears throat> my pops, my father, got a phone call from him last night, talked to him for about an hour. And, um, you know, he shared with me that somebody very close to him, his best friend, High school, you know, the fishing buddy, 30, 40 years, um, had a pretty massive heart attack. And just to hear, hear, you know, I have a healthy relationship with loss. I have a healthy relationship with um, grieving because of the work that I've put in and a very clear understanding of how impermanent this material world is. And so it's not necessarily like the dealing with the loss, but it's seeing somebody that my role model, right? My father, my best friend, the man that I've always looked up to, the man that's really instilled these core values and this discipline and this work ethic and always been there for me to see him hurting. Right, yeah. And him, but still, like, still coping with it and still handling it and still, like, getting through it. But just to know that he's hurt. He lost his wife, like, two years ago to, to you know, a pretty um, tough battle of cancer, his, my stepmother. And just to see the way that he carried himself through that and to see the way that he carried himself last night in talking with him, um, it, like... It, it was hard for me to like be so far away and to not be there with him. I didn't have, I didn't know what to say. I didn't have the answers. I didn't have anything to say. He didn't need me to say nothing. Right. But just to like to see him hurting. I got, I got home. He called me as soon as I got off work and talked to him for about an hour. I got home and I just couldn't sleep, man. I was, I was emotional. Um, it really affected me just knowing that he was hurting and he's, you know, in his sixties now and like. Just, just to see him, like, I don't experience that. It, it hurt me. And I was just really struggling with, like, well, what, you know. I don't know. I was, 
I was crying tears of gratitude because mm-hmm. he is so special to me and the way that he can carry himself through these adversity and things that you talk about and still um, maintain such a, a high level of hope and such a positive outlook and a healthy relationship. Um, it's just, it was, it was, it was uncomfortable, but it was all like out of, out of joy and out of gratitude for having him and for having somebody to like look up to that. I don't know. It was just, it was weighing heavy on my mind and it really like affected me because he's so so important to me and so close to me and like just knowing that he's hurting even though he didn't really like directly say it he's coping with it and he's getting through it but it's just knowing that he's it's it's affecting him on that level it was like it was tough man i cried myself to sleep last night man it was tough i was just yeah love was, you brother yeah, you too man you too all right man I, that's why i presented that question that's yeah. why i brought that up i don't know what up you know we're gonna go. We're gonna go through things that's gonna upset us. And you know, like going back to my aunt, it took me. I, I ran nine days straight. That's how I coped with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and finally, I broke down. You know, and that's okay. You know, to feel those things. You know, and and just try to encourage him. Yeah. You know, just keep encouraging him. That's it, man. Just keep loving him through it, and and uh, just remind him of the things that he's taught you. Do you just have an open dialogue like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Just keep reminding him of the things he's taught you, man. You know, being being your rock and your strength and everything. You know, um, and just even let like him know. just all the things that I did. You know, all the things that I did. He always supported me. He was always there for me. Like no matter what I, kind of trouble I was getting into, he was there to 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 support me through it and have my back. You know, and like it just hurts to to see him hurting. Right, and that's like you said. Sometimes it's better. You don't have to have all the answers just to be somebody to to listen. You know, just to listen to what he's. Yeah, and it was hard being like I I just wanted to freaking drive over. I just wanted to drive down there. I was just like in the car. I was at the rec center because I if I continued up my mountain, I'd have lost phone signal. I sat at the rec center for like forty five minutes talking to him. I just wanted to get to his house, kick it with him, you know. And I can't because it's just twelve hours away. Back in Tampa, but it was just ah, uh, it's tough, bro. Tough. Mm-hmm. I love you, buddy. I love you too, I man. I love you too. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm prepared to like have a, a very clear understanding of like my own mortality, and like I'm prepared to like go through those changes and loss directly with my friends and family and things like that, but. To see this man that I like, respect so much and love so much, like hurting in that way is that's mm-hmm. more challenging than the loss. It is. That's it more is. challenging uh, than the loss. I agree. Don't let it consume you. I no, feel I'm not. you know what I mean. I'm not. And I, I, you know, today was a good day. It was just last night, and it was like, you know, just I don't know. I was laying in bed, I was, you know, feeling it and just like expressing it and somebody hit, hit me up, sent me a message. It was just like a funny little joke, cheered me up, you know, and just like made it through the day. I just wanted to like talk about it tonight and talk through it with you guys to right. see like what that looks like in your life and what it's uh for for me and I I've talked about this, I don't get to, I don't talk about this part of um why the things that I do why I do what I do 
But just getting out and doing the the fifty one mile run or running to Oklahoma or just getting up early in the morning and and running or biking when I don't really want to, man. What you're doing is you're practicing that mental toughness. And so that's what I've always said, and I got that from Goggins. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're training your mind to to do things that it doesn't want to do. So whenever something happens, like grief or, you know, adversity hits, you already automatically know what to do. You know what I mean? And, and it's just you keep – you don't let what you go through change. You can let it change how you feel, but don't let it change who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just got to keep doing the same things, man. That got you to where, you, where you're at. I don't know why I felt led to share that, but – you know, just keep doing the same things, man, and just keep encouraging. Appreciate that, bro. Appreciate right. that. I, you know, I mean, I think, you know, being in recovery, we we obviously, for me anyways, I'm able to identify it a lot more. Uh, like whenever situations like that arises, emotions, you know, to identify that and to be able to, to have the knowledge of how to how to cope and how to deal with those things, you know, not just keep stuffing things back down inside and being honorary, you know, like trying to act like nothing, you know, I have no feelings, I'd have no emotion, you know, like it, we all go through that, but um, just being able to identify it and cope with it, and you know, if 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 that's running, if that's what that looks like for you, or meditating, or reaching out to a friend. Doing mm-hmm. those types of things. It's important. And not to just hold on onto those things. Yeah, there was a lot of that. I mean the convers it was a good conversation. Like I said, we like talked about sports and the um the Bucks game they won yesterday. The Rays are trying to make a run for the playoffs. Like <laughs> Hey, see my boy yesterday, Kayla? You seen that? Oh, uh did you see that? It's Khabib time. What are you talking about <laughs> right doing? now? You didn't see that yesterday? No. Oh, uh, we'll have to talk about that after. You know who that is? Yeah. It's Conor McGregor. <laughs> no, it's not. Is hey, it not? Uh, I thought it was. That's why I said it was Khabib time. <laughs> no, it's not. it's not. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's the Bucks quarterback. He <laughs> came out. Well, he looks he like came out Conor after McGregor. the game like that. So anyway, He does look like Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll show you some memes after the show. Um so anyways, yeah, I wanted to follow up last week. We had a conversation about Josh Gordon. Yeah. Do you remember, Kayla? Yes, I remember. Do you know what we're talking about? The receiver the game, from the Browns. Yeah, they're the we're talking about how the Cleveland Browns were supporting, standing by their player who had been through a lot in the five or six years that he was on the team. And how he kind of like worked through his recovery process and got himself together over the off season. And they um, let him come back. They let him come back, right? And we were talking about how like <coughs> admirable it was for them to stand by his side. I think the title of the story that I read was like um, Browns stand by and support Josh Gordon's recovery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you right? remember seeing it? Yeah. And um he had a good game, his first game. He scored a touchdown, one touchdown, 17 yards. I think it would only be appropriate if we followed up and continued that conversation. Right. I just addressed it a little bit. Um, Josh Gordon was traded today from the Cleveland Browns to the New England Patriots. 
and boom what led boom boom <laughs> got some patriots super bowl coming i got some patriots fans next to me but what le- what led up to it was that the browns announced on saturday that they would be cutting josh gordon they would cut him from the team if they did not receive trade offers from somebody that wanted to offer a trade for him oh really and what happened was he um there's a lot of speculation around this story, but what happened was he was late to practice on Friday. Mm. And hmm. he had a, I, w- I wonder why. He had a hamstring injury from like a video kind of shoot, like oh, a photo yeah. shoot kind of thing. Promotional shoot. Promotional shoot. Mm-hmm. He had a hamstring injury and he was late for practice. And they said, that's it. That's enough. We're going to cut you on Monday if nobody trades for you. Now, you go on the internet, there's a ton of speculation. People saying he relapsed. People saying he... Sh- there was rumors that he... Sh- Did you see it? Yeah, no, I didn't see it. There's but. rumors that he showed up high and, and late to practice. Like, all this that's just, like, spiraling out of control. I mean, I've been guilty of that. That's, how, <laughs> that's And that's, that's exactly how... It goes. You know, you start. You already start speculating automatically, like yeah. why somebody's doing something. It's you know? all over the place. Um, why they miss work? Why they had to, couldn't be because they were sick or right. <laughs> yeah, no. It's gotta be the worst. <laughs> and so, like, they traded them to um, the New England Patriots, and he was on like kind of like a last call kind of thing with the NFL. He had been through, he had failed so many drug tests and been through so much that like, if he was to fail again, he would be suspended like indefinitely for a a long period of time. So like if he had failed a drug test or something like that, there would have been no trade. Mm -hmm. Like the Patriots wouldn't want him because he wouldn't have been available. So he obviously didn't like come up dirty. He didn't fail a drug test. Like something, something happened outside of, cause I I just don't see somebody being late. Like, do you think that's maybe his hamstring made him like <laughs> maybe couldn't well, get to being enough <laughs> being enough to get rid of somebody who you, who have you stuck by behind for so long? Man, right. I, 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 there's obviously a lot of underlying factors that's yeah. not being brought out. So or I, maybe they just got tired of it. They might have just got tired of it. So I just wanted to like kind of make that announcement. I think we'll kind of like I like to like follow along with them and kind of see where this. Well, thing you know where he's going now. He's going to the top to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I sent him a DM straight to the top after last Monday's conversation. I before he got cut and traded after last Monday's conversation, I sent him a DM on Instagram, but he hasn't got back to me yet. I'm still waiting on that reply because they won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, Super Bowl. <laughs> they they won the Super Bowl this past. Uh huh. Sorry. Hey, you know why the <laughs> Eagles won the Super Bowl <laughs> though, right? Uh-huh. They was baptizing their players before the game. Yeah, right? they, had, they had to favor that is the very, Lord. Very true. Who told you that? We watched videos. The Lord told yeah. us. That. <laughs> the Lord told <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus told me that. No. <laughs> you was there with them? No, it was. Uh, yeah, they showed a video. Yeah, they baptizing <laughs> players the week of the the week of the Super Bowl. Coincidence that their names the Eagles. That's right. <laughs> the school that we went to, they had an eagle on the door as soon as we walked in. Dude, that's pretty cool. That's pretty what cool. What else Fancy we got here? Um, Elementary. Well, every single week we talk about like doing outside of the box approaches to offering services, to treatment, to things of that nature. We talked about the electrical wire company that was paying for treatment for oh, yeah. potential employees. Yeah. Right? Last mm-hmm. week. Um, Came across a story in the New York Times out of San Francisco. 
um, the city of San Francisco <coughs> has created an opioid addiction treatment team that's being offered on the streets. Mm. So they're taking it out. The city of San Francisco. That's what we need more of, man. Do you remember we were talking about a few weeks ago when we were talking about harm reduction and we were talking about how these harm reduction clinics are open specific times, specific days of the week. And the person who is most susceptible to taking advantage of those services most likely doesn't have access to like transportation, especially in these like rural communities where we live. How are they going to get there? How are they going to get to these places where they can receive um, need clean needles, where they can receive Suboxone and Narcan kits and things like that? So the city in this, I mean, imagine what it's like in a major metropolitan city. You know, San Francisco is huge. Dude. I've been there. I'll tell you a story real quick, man. I was walking down the street of San Francisco. I had a rental car. I had to drop it off. A uh, couple blocks in downtown San Francisco, and I was walking back from the rental car place, and literally on like one street corner, I ran into Alex Smith, the cor- the quarterback for the Niners. At okay. The time. He was standing on a street That's corner. Cool. <laughs> That's was, awesome. I'm on the same street corner, there was Alex Smith, a guy standing there smoking a joint, and a bum taking a urinating in a bush. Within a, like bum. A, a bum, a homeless person, yeah. a person experiencing a person. homelessness. It oh, no, <laughs> was a bum taking. Come on now, there. Rob. There was a person experiencing homelessness. I don't know because out there. <laughs> no, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen Grace to me. Out there is more than experiencing homelessness. These cats are. That's where they want to be. That's where they're choosing to be. Like they, they. There's people that are younger than us that are going to what we would call like living off the grid. They're living like... Going to Skid Row to want to live there. To want to live there. Yeah. Like we made a, we made a, a guy like that yeah. on the side of the road. It's remember? kind of a culture. Yes. But well, that's, it started with an R. Ralph. 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 But that's what it's like. Like It's, it's literally just like you never know what you're going to experience out there. So the city of San Francisco, they're offering services on the street. Um, the city has dedicated $6 million on this pilot program over the next two years. And what they're planning on doing is hiring 10 clinicians to mm. like be a part of this street team and take it out on the streets to offer needle exchange, um, to offer buprofen prescriptions, which is like Suboxone, mm-hmm. like a, a medically ex- assisted treatment to people experiencing homelessness on the streets because they know that those people aren't the type of people that can get into Well, I'm sure they don't have Medicaid or Medicare. (laughs) You know it. (laughs) Right. Um, The members of the team will um, travel around the city and offer prescriptions to the addicted homeless people, which they can fill the same day at a city-run facility. So they're literally going to go out and offer offer the prescriptions and, uh, and... provide clean needles to them um, on a need need basis. Um, they hope to provide buprenorphine to, ch- to 250 more people through the program. That's only a tiny fraction of the estimated 22,000 people in San Francisco who actively inject drugs. Um, so they're literally like going at it about it a different way. Like they're they're taking it to the streets and meeting meet, meeting these people where they're at. Like that's what we always hear. That's mm-hmm. what we always right. talk about. Um, and it's a start, you know? It doesn't matter if it's I mean, 
That's 200 and what was it? 250 more people than, yeah. than what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. I think this is, they're onto something here. Yeah, it says most health care for the homeless happens under the models of waiting for the people to come into a health center. But a lot of people never come in. There are a lot of mental health and substance abuse and cognitive problems in this po- specific population that also suffer from chronic illnesses. Appointments are the enemy of the homeless. On the street, there are no appointments and no penalties or judgments for missing appointments. So, like, instead of, like, they're just they're taking it to them and going out there and providing it to them. So I think it's just, like, an amazing thing. And that's something that, like, specifically in these rural communities, I think could be huge because it's hard to get, like, they don't, we don't have mass transit. We don't have a subway system. The transit system that we do have only runs at specific times to specific places. And, like, even then, who's paying for it? Specifically right. outside of, like, what, what you guys probably have. Especially, but. you know, think about it in this light. If, you know, I don't know how many times I was, like, you know, down on myself, in my self-pity, like, I want to get clean. But then I want about to go up to Alanishki and fill out an assessment. But what, it would lo- what would it look like if I was walking down the street or something and somebody walked up and I was feeling that way and then boom they're like have you heard about this that's going on and then I mean I think it could make some huge changes yeah think about like when we were at our worst right at our most vulnerable and like just bad situations and you talked about walking into Anna Lanishki and completing an assessment right and asking for services or asking for help but what if a guy like Kayla McCoy approached you on the street or wherever you were and presented himself the way that he does. Right. Would you be more open to? I'd probably turn around and run. (laughs) (laughs) Take off running. I'm just joking. (laughs) No, but then to have it right then, because I know a lot of people get turned away from detox, and if you get turned away from detox once, sometimes they're like, they ain't trying to do nothing for me and not ever go back up there again, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just presenting more opportunities. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're in the people business, saving lives business. What was uh, Justin Blackburn saying? Investing in people? Investing in people, yes. So what we said about the the, uh, crisis stabilization unit. You know, the the council was arguing like, well, you know, we put this much money into this program and this program. And, you know, that basically saying that's enough right now. Mm -hmm. But that's what they was basically saying. And. And that's exactly, I said that on council. I was like, you're invested in people. What does a person, what does a life cost to you? Because if it was your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, aunt, and uncle, I guarantee you your, your opinion would change. Yes, absolutely. I, well, it might. And then again, you might like, just let them die. You know, that's, that's a choice. That's a choice. Yeah. Even though I'm struggling with diabetes and I get medicine all the time for my eating dis- disorder and I'm going to sit here and bash somebody else for their choice to stick, you know, to, to and inject drugs or to take drugs. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're struggling with heart disease. We're spending money on you. You're struggling with lung cancer for smoking cigarettes. We're spending money on you. It's about helping people, you know? It's about helping people. Come on. I also wanted yes. to follow it up with a story out of California as well. It seems like they kind of like have a, an open approach to um, a lot of this stuff that's going on. So out of Sacramento, California, there's a new California bill that's going to require doctors who prescribe opioids 
to also prescribe Narcan at that time. So if you write a prescription for oh. opioids, hmm. it is the law that you have to also write a prescription for Narcan at that exact same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new bill that was just signed by the governor, um, this, I think this past Monday, if I'm not mistaken, Monday, September 11th, Monday, September 10th, that requires doctors in California to provide additional medication when they prescribe an opioid. Now, they're only doing it to what they call high-risk patients, but this is what um, the requirements are. So doctors must prescribe an overdose-reversing medication if the opioid prescription is equivalent to 90 or more morphine milligrams. So if it's more than a 90 milligram, I believe, like supply, which I don't know, I'm not in on the, the opioid numbers, but a 90 milligram supply, then they have to write a prescription for it. Mm-hmm. If an o- opioid prescription is prescribed co-currently with a prescription for benzos, so if they write you a prescription for benzos and a prescription for opioids, both simultaneously, they also have to provide a Narcan kit for you at that time. And if the patient has an increased risk of overdose, which would probably be like past experiences, uh, previous overdoses, things like things of that nature, this bill will require these doctors to. Um, well, it's probably also you know like with the benzos, I guess they might uh, they might be thinking that you're going to be around some people. It's oh yeah. What? I'm waiting for you to finish. Oh, yeah. They're going going to be around some people that might be using some drugs, that, you know, some opioids. Well, the way I was more at risk. The way I was thinking of it is like a fentanyl patch. You know, people with cancer get prescribed fentanyl patches, and sometimes the dosage might be too high, and they don't know that until Mm -hmm. either something happens. Or they're 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 in there cooking them up, and yeah. But uh, an overdose. What's, well, I wonder what. So I was just thinking, like the high risk. Yeah, what the high risk? What's the what qualifies yeah. you as high risk, or maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe you got some heart failure, and they need to prescribe you some. But I thought they red flagged you if you uh, had previous previous overdoses. Yeah, and didn't. They red flagged me whenever I got caught with stuff in Jackson County and went to Cherokee to get something. <laughs> You know, some medicine, and I was like, "You ain't getting nothing." I was like, "That, that was in Jackson County." What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> Bro, I was mad too, boy. Give me my medicine. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Yeah, so I mean, I, I just think it's like different. It's gonna take different approaches like this. And I actually got my sample ballot today from the folks that were registering to vote um, over at SEC, and I didn't see any type of. Um, any type of amendments or bills that we are eligible to vote on this coming ele- up election that really had any kind of like influence on um, addiction or recovery or recovery allies, that sort of thing. So, But I am looking to do a, sh- a podcast coming up about the candidates. I'm glad you brought that up because that's, you know, it is important uh, to be talking about that kind of stuff because, you know, we're always talking about we have a voice, you know, right. people in recovery have a voice and... And, you know, it's good to be mindful of that. You know, we need to get people in office that um, that are recovery allies. And, and you know, what are they going to do to do that? Are they wanting to invest in people or, 
They yeah. want to just lock everybody up, you know. Well, at the recovery rally, did you talk to the folks? They made um, me register. They made you register? <laughs> even, though you, even though you have a felony? They said... I, believe, uh, I thought you, you could. You can, yeah. yes. So, then I... Yes. Well, if you have... If you're doing if you everything... If you have a, fe- a felony, you can still vote... Um, I forget what they said. I th- I feel like I've read that before. If you if you're caught up on all your probation bills, your pe- your your yeah. payments, yeah, your, you know, in good standing with your PO. Yeah, because I told them that, and I and I, told I feel them, like I've read that down there. And they went ahead and had me fill it out, so I'm registered. Well, I'm I'll know. Go. I'll know in the morning when I go down there to see Tom Sutton. Shout out Tom Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> you're PO. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate your service, Tom. For sure. Um, well, there were folks there uh, from down home, North Carolina. Is that who you spoke with at the recovery rally? Yes. Um, who was doing the Who was doing the voter registrations there? Oh, they was persistent too. They yeah, like, they were. Caitlin's like, get me away from here. <laughs> they won't. They won't stop looking. Well, they're the ones that are chasing her around. Those fifteen mile an hour jobs that I posted about. You read about that? No. Oh, that's them. That's them. Yeah, doing the research. Doing for the, the research. Yeah, for, for the, the canvasser as a voter canvasser to go out and hit the streets and get people to register to vote. Oh no, I thought that was just the uh, for the study behind the infections. It's do you have to have a vehicle? You have to have your. You got to have you a bicycle. We got bicycle. You got a driver. Yeah, I got a bike. I do have a driver too. My oh, chauffeur. Not for long. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to do a little more research. So say it says in Maine and Vermont, felons <laughs> never lose their right to vote, even while they are incarcerated. In 14 states and the District of Columbia, felons lose their voting rights only while incarcerated and receive automatic restoration upon release. Okay. I think it's if you've uh, finished or, I mean, I don't remember. I'm not even going to try to guess either. Cause, but anybody, Everybody hear that? Um, find out if we can vote in North Carolina if you've been convicted of a felony. Drop us a comment. Get Just you go out there and try it. What's the worst that can happen? Ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> for me, I might catch a charge for dang it. Kayla McCoy <laughs> caught <Yeah>. voter fraud. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I knew that guy was wasn't for real, man. I knew he was up to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew I knew he was going to fail. All right, ready. So in the state of North Carolina, you lose your right to vote until the completion of your sentence, which includes parole and or probation. However, it is automatically restored upon completion. Well, maybe she was misunderstood. So, yeah, I mean, are you on probation still? Yes. Did you make that clear to her? Well, well, you're not on probation for that felony. No, yeah, the felony charges I'm done with. So yeah, that, then you can yeah. vote. You're yeah. automatically oh, okay. eligible to vote. So I have to get um, you over to vote. But so that that organization, they do they're doing like research. They're discussing. They represent um, these rural communities, right? And they represent people uh, who suffer from poverty. They represent people who deal with like mental health. Uh, disorders and addiction and things like that. And they're conducting like surveys with these candidates to identify like which candidate um, is a recovery ally, which candidate supports, um, you know, public assistance and things like that. And so I'm looking to do a podcast with 
once they collect all this data, I'm looking to do a podcast with them and discuss like the candidates. Who's on the ballot? Who does this? What does this guy stand for? Yes. Well, who is the best candidate? So we can make it. Not only can we help our audience in the voter registration process, but we can also, you know, because how many people walk into the polls and just vote by the name without even doing? Who does the research? The voting. Yeah, the voting of the candidates. Right. Yeah. Who does it? Out of, out of the population. Uh, I would say a very small percentage. Wait, that the, does that. Does voting? Yeah, actually goes in. Yeah, they just go in. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. To public, Republican, Democrat, whatever you think. You oh yeah, are, right, right. Across all the way across the board. And I mean that's just that's foolish, you know, yes. just because oh well they they're Republican like me or they're Democrat. Like, you got to look a little bit deeper than that, you know. What do they stand for? Right. What do you stand for, Caleb McCoy? I hear you might be running Hashtag. for cancer, man. What do you stand for? We won't He's get into get that right now. He's gonna get beat by me. <laughs> hey, hey, <I'm> <laughs> yeah, right. No, you ain't. Hey, man. Yeah. If that door be, opens, I'm running through it. You heard? You heard her talking about? I'm more than Caleb's girlfriend. I'm more than the lioness. <laughs> That's right. At the beginning no, of the show, I am mm-hmm. the lioness. I'm just yes, kidding. you are. I mean, we never did find out what a granny lion was. I'll be hanging up some signs, wearing some vote. Courtney. McCoy. She gave up on us, man. Oh, did you look for it? Okay. She gave up on us, man. All right, bro. Y'all got anything else, man? What else you got on your mind, Caleb McCoy? Nine o'clock. What do you want to? What do you got to say? Man, I guess that's a. I feel like we covered a lot of material tonight. We did. What you got, Caitlin <coughs> um, Ledford? I mean, I really, I, we did. We covered all material. Um, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. What do you think, I think Rob? Was, I think it was a fun show considering that we uh, had to, like, resort to some last-minute measures. I just enjoy sitting down and talking with you guys, you know? Like, I, I, would, I would do it regardless, you know? I think it's, it's nice to have this dedicated time well, we're going to sit down for two hours a week and we're going to talk about recovery as it relates to our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think that because we're we're doing the stuff out there like every single day, whether it's y'all going out to Kentucky on the weekends. We got these events at SEC doing like my refuge recovery stuff. We're doing this stuff at the library like every single day. There's something going on that. Um, is a form of service to our community, or and it's also a way that something that supports my recovery. So I enjoy. I just enjoy talking to you guys and kicking it every single week. I'd do it if that camera wasn't on. I'd do it if right. we, I'd do it if we didn't have these microphones. We gotta. I mean? We gotta get you to go on some outreach with us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. I'll try to get out there. <laughs> We'll do some stuff, man. We'll do some rest hope stuff. Okay. First. We gotta get the rest hope. I want I, I it's important to me to uh to start in our community. Before I can start going out and doing things in other places, um it's important for me to to really like build, well, build this place up. Let's, it let's is. get something going here in Silva. Um I'll be honest with you, man. Like in the past, like I would see these um, people doing things. Spent some time in a pretty 
opportunistic city in Florida. Now I was kind of like involved in a little bit connected to one of the churches in the community. And it seemed like they were like every single year they were doing like two or three like mission trips, like overseas, out of town, like taking it, taking this service work to all these places, South America and all this stuff, which is awesome, right? Like they need it down there. But I'm driving down the street and there's there's so many opportunities right in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, man, are y'all going on vacation? Y'all raising this money to go on vacation? Or y'all really give? I would just I would start questioning, like, in my head, like, what kind of impact are you truly making? How much did that plane ticket cost to get to South America when you got 50, 100-plus people experiencing homelessness two blocks away from your church? Like, how can, when I, when I choose to, and, I, and it's nothing against, like, any church or anybody that's doing that type of work, but, like, when I choose to do service work, I really look at, like, how impactful can, will my efforts be, right? And how many people's lives can I touch? Um, so it's important for me to, like, stay connected with with the people here that need it. It's like the pot, this podcast, you know, it was, like, studying substance abuse counseling at SEC for, you know, like, two years, and I started thinking, like, how can I touch more people? You're working at a treatment facility, and you got 20, 30 people caseload. Now, we got 20 or 30 people watching right now on the podcast, you know what I mean? Like, we could touch more people by doing this, by putting my, my effort and my energy into this podcast. So this is your outreach. This is my outreach right here every right. Monday night. You got that's what I'm trying to say. I, yeah, I get that's it. That's what I'm trying to say. You, but know? you know what I mean? Like we could touch more lives um, by doing this than I can working in a treatment center on a face to face thing. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> that kind of stuff on like a peer level at SCC, but it's just I don't know. I just I like I don't even know. I'm, I'm I spun myself out. I think I think I spun myself <laughs> out, bro. <laughs> well, you know we're getting ready to do this. Which I need to sit down and write up this an article for the paper for we're going to start passing out meals in Cherokee. Yeah, dude, that kind of stuff. That's yes. that's where the opportunity. Yeah. Is. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, Let's we got so many. Silver. We, and we do. We got so much stuff going on, and it's not just going to Kentucky. Going to Kentucky. But I mean, like the the rest no, no, of it. Yeah, and I totally. I mean, y'all, you went there for a specific outreach. reason. I definitely wasn't like referring to like no, that specifically, know. but. And then, like, you know, with Nikita and Chance and them. We want to get some help. Them get we're hoping that by them being involved with what we did, mm -hmm. they take that to, to Murphy. To Murphy. Yeah. To, their, to their community. Yeah. Maybe Courtney can connect with them out there in Murphy. Uh-oh. Since she's out. That's her, yeah. that's her hood now. Oh, yeah. Huh? Is that your hood now? Your hood. Is wow. that where you live? Oh. Kayla McCoy. Oh. You want to do some outreach, man? I'll give you some outreach, man. Let's plan your next running trip. Yeah, I, I need to start doing that. Yeah, hear me out. Listen to this, man. What would this look like? What would this look like? You pick out, you pick your running trip, right? You decide where you're going to go. I'm going to get an RV. I'm going to build a recording studio inside the RV. Oh, my gosh. And this is cool. I'll caravan with you, right? And every place that we go to, we'll do a podcast. We'll do a live stream. We'll connect with that community. Bring and you them can run. Bring them on the podcast. I'll hand you water. <laughs> Maybe I'll hire a driver a little bit and run a little bit with you. We'll take, oh. take NC Raw. 
Take NC Raw on the road. Are you ready, Courtney? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally serious. I ran, I, I ran this by her a while back ago, but we didn't have enough time to plan it out. But what if we actually planned it out? So you know that I want to do Pacific Coast Highway next year. Let's do it. From Washington to L.A. Let's do it. I'm serious. We'll get a small like RV or like. So if a, we're going to start doing that, we need. And what I want to do, Rob, is take a group with us. That's an yeah. early recovery because we're going to do it during summertime. School's out, you know, or um, some maybe some at-risk youth just to ride along with us. Maybe if it's two or three people, you know what yeah. I mean, so they can experience being part of the team and and going out. And I'd like to have a couple, you know, one or two guys run with me, or a guy and a girl run with me. I'm totally serious, dude. So let's do it. So we got kind of a, a plan right now. Let's go ahead and start figuring that out. Yeah. Let's get some logistics get like a, figured out. a conversion out. van or something that we could all kind of like sleep in. Don't have to be comfortably, but something that we could nap in and do a podcast, do a daily podcast, a daily blog, right? Every single mm-hmm. day, every town we go into. Bring people on from that community. And the news stations that we run yeah. into. And yeah. Why do you need, do you need to, I was thinking like you got all the, the media coverage, but you have your own source of media right here, mm-hmm. right? So you can like present, you can own and present this all that material to anybody that you want to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, I thought about this when you called me like two weeks before you left and you're like, hey, you want to come out for like the first 10 days of the run? And I just didn't have enough time to get my work schedule going. But then I was like, man, if I could just get my hands on an RV. And we didn't own this equipment at that time. Remember, right. we, we, didn't, yeah. we hadn't got our money yet. Mm-hmm. We were still using this, the campus as equipment. But I was like, man, if we, could get, if we had our equipment, I could get a van, VW bus Courtney wants. I can't hear you, Courtney. <laughs> a VW bus or an RV. Yeah, right? I'm like, sure that was her. Dude, we could, <laughs> you could, we could probably get um, like one of them RV centers to... Donate one for us to use just for this trip. Ah, sponsored by blah 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 RV over in wherever. Maybe even sponsored by uh, where's Dusty work at in Kentucky? Driver Motors. Driver, Driver Motors. Motors. Mayfield, Kentucky. That's Driver right. Motors. <laughs> you know I mean, we could get somebody that would want to put their name out there, and then we could do the media every single day. Just get. Do and then make a film at the end. Then make a film at the end. Put it on that on, on, on sun on the what is it Sundance film, yeah. set, film Post festival your daily vlogs up on a YouTube channel every day where people can follow you and yeah telling you man. fundraisers it's, it's going to take some fundraisers yeah. I will put my per cap into this you know my yeah. whole this this trip that's what I had to do on the run let's start thinking about that man <laughs> yeah let's start planning it I'm totally down to uh, to do it. Okay. So I don't got nothing holding me down now, man. I'm a full-time student. I don't have a job holding me back. You know and with saying? the RV, that would actually, you know, that's... You, you don't have to pay for so. hotels and different places and ask people to stay. Like, you got a place yes. to lay your head. Because, yes. you know, people don't realize how much money that oh, yeah. they really took. Like, his whole per cap, half of mine, and... Driver Motors, Driver Dusty. Motors. What you got yeah. to say? What's up, Dusty? Come that's on, right. Dusty. <laughs> what you say? You got one for us? Yeah. <laughs> Granny Hope. All right, y'all. We're going to wrap this baby up. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to NC Raw. We're going to close out the show. You know my boy Logan Bruce? We've been playing his music on every uh, podcast. Yep. Logan Bruce. He dropped his first single today. Um, We've been playing the acoustic version of this song for a couple months now. The title of the song is called In Your Dreams. 
by Logan Bruce, uh, which is available by visiting his Facebook page, Logan Bruce Music. There's a link to click, and you can get the downloaded version of the song for free. He's offering it for free through his website. So just hit up Logan Bruce Music. Um, the NC Raw crew wants to also thank Rival, whose intro song we played tonight provides that for us. I hope to be connecting with him in October when I go down to Florida for fall break. Uh, his work can be found by searching Rival727 on YouTube and SoundCloud. Be sure to go to our webpage, www.ncraw.life, to subscribe to our stuff so we can email you content every time we drop a new episode, every time something <laughs> new comes out. Um, we'll shoot it directly to your inbox so you can so you can download and keep up to date with all things NC Raw. <laughs> Hang in there, baby. Uh, yeah, y'all are amazing. Thank you. Y'all are amazing. Thanks for tuning in. And close it out by Lo- with Logan Bruce in our dreams. Another lullaby, a chance to say goodnight. Can't we just turn back time to memories in my heart and mind? Don't want to lose a life, another Don't cry, brother.